Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash using your power. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Today, I'd like to recommend Believe in Yourself by Dr. Joseph Murphy, a collection of thoughts and principles on spirituality and success in life that go deeper with every listen. Welcome to Using Your Power. This is Maveen Cora, and with me is... David Andrew Weep. And David, how are you doing today? I'm powered up. How about are you? Are you powered up? Man, I'm powered up too. <laughs> I want to use that for a long time. We're all powered up. We're all powered up. So we're at what? Uh, a scale of 1 to 10. What are you? Scale of 1 to 10, I'm amazing. Amazing. Woo. Is that a 10 or a 12? <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. I'm uh, 212, like water. Nice. <laughs> H2O? H2O, steaming. On a scale of 1 to 10, H2O. That's oh, great. That's pretty much what I am, man. Steaming water. Two... <laughs> 212, right? It moves uh, locomotives. Mm. That's how I feel today. And in today's episode, we're goofing off. <laughs> <laughs> Just at the starting, right? You know, sometimes it's fun to kind of uh, have a good time at the starting. So, uh, you know, what are we going to talk about? I know this is something that was uh, something you brought to us, um, or to me at least to us, uh, so we can take this to our uh, listener. Yeah. Well, Dr. Joseph Murphy has this book called Believe in Yourself, which almost seems like, you know, a few sermons kind of written out in, in a book form, which is a great idea for all of us to think about, like repurposing our best content and, and putting it out there. But I found, you know, in this small volume, I find a lot of amazingly deep, thought-provoking thoughts about spirituality and life and, and success. And there is one concept in particular that stuck with me. It may not be a direct quote, but it certainly is something that is elaborated on in this book, which is your concept of God determines your attitude towards life. Right on. Yeah. And I'll start off with a bit of an introduction of Joseph Murphy and, and who he was. He, he lived from May 20th, 19, 1898 to December 16th, 1981. So he only passed away at the beginning of the 80s. Wow. And he lived a pretty long life, it looks like, too, right? Very much so, yeah. Awesome. He was an Irish-born American author and, quote-unquote, new thought minister who was ordained in divine science and religious science. So the new thought movement is basically the idea that God is everywhere and right thinking has a quote-unquote healing effect. Now, the core beliefs of new, the New Thought movement, the first is that God or infinite intelligence is supreme, universal, and everlasting. That seems to be more or less what most Christians believe. Two, divinity dwells within each person, that all people are spiritual beings. So some people might argue the details of, about that, but the scriptures do say, I am in you and you are in me. Three, the highest spiritual principle is loving one another unconditionally and teaching and healing one another. So there's a strong emphasis there on healing you're seeing. And four, our mental states are carried forward into manifestation and become our experience in daily living. That's fascinating. It, that sounds almost like law of attraction, doesn't it, Mav? Yeah, for sure. You know, and a lot of what you said, it, it's very interesting. If this is the way that, um, you know, Joseph Murphy's been thinking, you know, some of these principles that uh, 
that you read right off here is some of the stuff that my parents actually uh, mentioned to me. And it's funny, mm. I'm just kind of reading your notes here quickly too. And um, I did actually learn that in Hindu philosophy as well, right? Because my mom always told me God is everywhere, right? So I don't necessarily have to go to uh, a church or a temple or somewhere to pray. I can just sit down by myself and pray and God would always be with me. So I love that concept of what he's saying uh, because it really lined up with some of the principles uh, my mom taught me when I grew up. Right, God dwelling in each person. Yeah. Well, not just in each person, but is is where I am, right? So if I'm sitting here by myself in a room, or if I'm sitting here with you as an example, you know, God is somewhere with us, right? He's everywhere. So that, that really that idea of he's everywhere is just amazing to me. Yeah, I think there's a similarity, right? But what I'm saying is basically what, as stated in Wikipedia, <laughs> is this idea that divinity dwells within each person. So I, I think it's a very similar com- concept to what you what you mentioned, and I like and I like that too a lot. But I was just kind of comparing the two in right, a way. For sure. In his, you'll find this fascinating map. In his twenties, Murphy moved to the United States, where he became a pharmacist in New York <laughs> City. So he was in pharmaceuticals for a little while, or you know, you take that to whatever extent you want. And then he spent considerable amount of time in India, spending time with Indian sages and learning Hindu philosophy. Yeah, it makes sense, right? And that's exactly what I was saying, right? It, it, that those that statement you said really um, hit home with me because you know that God is everywhere statement. That is a, a statement that you hear, uh, especially in in Hinduism as well, and as in as in uh, uh, in Buddhism, not necessarily because there's no God necessarily in Buddhism, but a lot of those principles that he mentioned there are also uh, Buddhist principles as well, not just Christian principles. Exactly. Yeah, Murphy was like a, I guess you could say, a spiritual leader. You know, take what you will about the quote unquote new thought movement or whatever that that means to you. But I think you're right. I mean, he took from many different sources even before it was kind of in vogue to do that. With especially with the emergence of Oprah and Eckhart Tolle and people like that, we started to see people combining different beliefs and and into and forming and fashioning it into one. But Murphy seems to have done that long before that was beginning to happen in pop culture. Right on. And, you know, and it's funny, you said uh, exactly, you took the words out of my mouth, right? You know, people like Wayne Dyer, like, and Eckhart Tolle, yeah. um, and Oprah uh, Winfrey, for sure, you know, they, these are the new t- thought leaders that we look up to, but really, it looks like he is the father of the father uh fathers that we consider as a new move, new age movement thinking, right? So uh, I want to definitely learn a little bit more about him as well. Yeah, may very well be. So we want to talk about this idea that your concept of God determines your attitude towards life. I'm very curious to find out what it is that you have to share with us there, Mav. Wow. Um, so can you repeat that question? Because I'd love to hear that again. Absolutely. So what is your first point on the concept of God determines your attitude towards life? Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you asked me a question. <laughs> um, you know, I have uh, maybe a couple different things written down. Hopefully, like I said, I like to think outside of the box, really get people to think different ways. And, you know, um, I like the idea of, of God determining my attitude. And one of the ways I was looking at it was obviously just outside of upbringing. Uh, I want to think of some things too. So, you know, our genetic makeup uh, can um, determine how we see things as well right so I know um, whatever my parents uh, DNA that they pass to me can also have an influence on the way I think and believe in God so you know that was one of my points that I wrote down Um, you know just my genetic makeup can have a different uh, predisposed um, thinking of how 
God, I see God, you know, and mm. in, in myself, you know, I don't know if it had to do anything with a genetic makeup or not, because again, in my home, when I was younger, it was a lot of, um, you know, religious ceremonies and teachings and movies and songs that were playing all the time. So I don't know about the genetic makeup side of things, but the nice thing is to know that um, because of who I am today, I've been able to explore outside of my own uh, cultural upbringing as well. It sounds like really what you're speaking to there is identity, the way in which you are predisposed to be in this world. You know, this is something that, that I think back on. And, it, and in some ways, it's only things that we can see through hindsight by looking back on our life experience in this and then going, oh, yeah, I'm beginning to see some certain patterns emerge about myself and the way I deal with the world, the way I my attitude is towards the world and and the way in which I've coped or dealt with it through my life. Right. And, you know, a lot of that identity or, you know, DNA is also how I think your parents may have um, right. brought you up spiritually, as well as how maybe your grandparents are as well, right? I'm not sure how far back um, you can remember. I know my grandparents were just around for a little bit uh, before um, they went back to India. And, you know, unfortunately, they did pass away. So I wasn't able to necessarily build all the, the understanding connections of religion with them. But I know, um, you know, I was able to see some of the stuff and some of it I was able to see that, you know, uh, my grandparents, I don't think, had a huge influence on the way my dad now practices, for example, um, um, you know, spirituality uh, or the way he practices uh, the belief in God, right? So, but I can see that, um, you know, when I start looking deeper into my ancestry, I can see there is some uh, some things in there that I got to learn myself a little bit more of as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, definitely my parents and my grandparents, you know, were both kind of the part of the Church of God thing and and in some cases still very much are so the upbringing is absolutely part of it but you also learn things about yourself through reflection where you go hmm you know this is where i'm also kind of different from my parents or different from my grandparents but that's you know if you were to wrap up nurture there are so many different things you could cover there such as the mentors you've had the experiences that you've gone through the businesses you built or haven't built the creative projects you've worked on the people that you've been around i mean i have a theory about this but i think it's true so often we think about couples that look begin to look alike after a time right You've probably seen that before too. Yeah, uh, that and I've seen people start looking like their pets. Oh, sure. <laughs> but I think you, anyone that you spend enough time with, your DNA rubs off on each other, whether or not, you know, there's physical, you know, relationship involved or not, the, that DNA of that other person is also affecting you and you're also affecting them. And that's a possible explanation for why that happens over time. Right. And, you know, it's an interesting thing you said, too. I know uh, if you look at uh, two women, for example, and this might be a little bit of a, a touchy subject for right now that we're, I'm about to talk about. but you It's know, a touchy subject. Yeah. and uh, But you'll notice that uh, women's... Um, monthly cycles will also line up you know mm. not necessarily a man and a woman but a woman and a woman can uh, have their cycles line up where you know they'll they'll uh, menstruate at the same time too so i mean that is a, an interesting way too right to look at things i have heard that men and women sometimes line up with their times a month but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to be a long explanation that that we may not want to enter into this discussion at this moment <laughs> but the one thing that I wanted to, to cover here quickly was, you know, your subconscious mind links you to God. So the way that I often read Joseph Murphy early on was that he equates 
your subconscious mind with God. But I recently had a comment on my blog because really one of the most popular posts on there is the the review I did of the power of your subconscious mind by Joseph Murphy. And the, the comment that the reader left was your subconscious mind links you to God. So that's your connection point to God is the way the new thought movement works. And the reason I thought that was important to bring up is because the whole quote is your concept of God determines your attitude towards life. If you don't understand the concept, the way that Joseph Murphy understands it, then we can't relate to God in the same way. So that's part of the quote unquote concept. Right. And it's an interesting thing you said, subconscious mind connects you to God, because, you know, I read a book recently, it was called uh, The Ant and the Elephant, right? Mm. And uh, the ant is representing uh, the conscious mind, the elephant is represented by the subconscious mind, right? And it was the same kind of uh, thinking and same time talk, it's more about saying that your your conscious mind is programming your subconscious mind, right? So really, it's what you're saying to yourself and your thoughts that are controlling your and uh, subconscious mind, which then will connect you to God as well, right? So just maybe a slightly different way of thinking because um, I believe there's another mind as well. And I, again, I don't really... Uh, super conscious. Right, maybe it's... A, right, so a super conscious mind. So is that necessarily where that is done or is that more uh, uh, controlling everything on the background, the things that we don't have to think about? He doesn't touch that on that because the book is titled The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and again, with subconscious mind, I think it is something that we control and we, we program through our own words in, in my my thinking, in my uh, just based on what I've read, right? So Yeah, Murphy does say something similar, which is that through repetition, we can keep petitioning to the mind the ideas that we want to submit to it and to accept. That doesn't happen instantaneously, right? But it can through happen through repetition. You know, so we think back to some of our childhoods, like I never had to do this, but kids sometimes had to write out something on the board saying, I will never do this again. I will never do this again. I will never Starting do this again. Starting with the again. Simpsons, right? Bart's got to write out something every right. single time. Bart, yeah, Bart Simpson, <laughs> there you go. So there might actually be some real science or maybe not science, but pseudoscience backing up the idea that repetition will instill something in your mind over repeated as long as it's actually submitted to your, your subconscious mind or you need to first take it in through your conscious mind, but then begin to submit it to your subconscious mind that you will begin behaving, acting, and and doing things in a way that you've tried to instill into your subconscious mind. Right. And you know, I love I love what you're saying, but it makes me want to go a lot further off topic than we want me need to. <laughs> but you know, if you have to tell your sub tell your conscious mind to program your subconscious mind that there is a God, you know. So how many times do you have to repeat that to yourself? Yes, I believe in God. Yes, I believe mm. in God. I believe in God. God, I believe in God. You know, the more you repeat repeat that to yourself, the more you start believing what you know you're saying to yourself as well. So, if you tell yourself a lie, not saying that there is or is not a God, I mean that's for people to to find out for themselves, I believe, right? Um, but the more I have to tell myself there is a God, then the more I start believing there is a God because I'm programming myself to believe that, right? If I tell myself there is no God, because there are atheists as well, and they say, you know, we don't necessarily believe in God, we believe in maybe something a little bit different, right? Um, and they tell themselves the same thing over and over again as well, and they've now programmed themselves to believe that statement as well. So, To that, I'll say this. I don't think there's any benefit to submitting that thought to your mind over and over again, whether there is a God or there isn't a God. If there is, then God will reveal himself, right? Don't you think? If if there's such an all-powerful being, why does he need us to submit to our mind the idea that he exists or doesn't exist? He doesn't. It's not necessary. If such a being absolutely exists, then he'll reveal himself to you. So I think what we're talking about is, especially in the context of the new thought movement, we're talking about healing. 
right? Because he's suggesting that if we ap apply thoughts of healing to our mind, because it's such a big priority in the new thought movement, if we keep applying that to our mind over and over and over and over again, our subconscious mind has no choice but to accept it and begin to heal our bodies. Right. So in healing, absolutely, right? If you say to yourself, if you have cancer and you say, I'm going to beat cancer, I'm going to fight cancer, I, I, w I won my battle against cancer. Absolutely. That's that positive mindset that you're, um, you're talking about. Absolutely. Right. But my, my main thing was, you know, just based on uh, if you tell your subconscious mind something over and over again, you start believing it. Right. So right. just like my, in my example, I was saying, if you keep telling yourself, yes, I believe in God, you know, um, you will eventually believe in God. Right. And that's kind of the, mm. the idea of what religion has done since, you know, we can go back. 2500 and even further back even four or five thousand years ago uh, and and that same um, concept has been you know drilled into people's minds and passed down generation after generation depending on again what culture uh, religious culture you come from uh, you know even the messages of healing have been put into that the messages of God have been put into that the messages of of um, the prayer have been put into that right so uh, the more we've been using that repetition the more we've kept believing the same thing and the less we are exploring for ourselves to find out the truth yeah i agree and sometimes it's totally not beneficial to me like studying what joseph murphy says is very different from perhaps the way i was taught or brought up so it, it is a mind opening experience in a way but i agree that you know the conditioning or at least the way that it ha has turned out in modern society, it just seems to be that system of control. Even in churches, the system of control, here's what to do, here's what not what, what not to do, which doesn't encourage free thinkers like us to emerge and discuss and talk about the way things are and our experiences in a way that's that's productive because the only answer you're going to get you know i'm going through hardship right now well pray to god you know or if if you're in a new thought movement well i'm sick right now well you should you know submit to your subconscious mind that you need healing are all these things absolutely 100 percent true all, all all of the time i can't tell you you know but sometimes we it's it's to our detriment to not think freely for ourselves Right. And, you know, for every person that tells you to think one way, you know, there's another person to tell you to think a different way, right? Yeah. I, I know, for, you know, uh, I haven't read Joseph Murphy's book, so uh, I can only go so far deep into what he's saying and what his message was. But, you know, if we're talking about God and if, is there an existence of a God and, and you know, you're, if you believe that he's there, then, you know, saying that he'll heal you and having the faith that uh, he or she will heal you is definitely going to be great, right? And even if they're, uh, I know a lot of times people will say, oh, you know, I saw the uh, Mo Mother Mary, right? A lot of the Catholics will say that and they believe in her and, and, and they say they see her and they feel the healing power of her uh, just by thinking of her, right? So there is some power of thought as well in, in the believing of um, in this new thought movement as well. Yeah, absolutely. What's your next point? Uh, my next point here is, uh, you know, I think you have to consider how other people view, um, you know, God for one and, uh, you know, uh, how they look at things, right? And their attitude towards it, right? You don't necessarily have to agree with people's viewpoints, but I think it's always a great way to learn from people and a great way to expand your mind as well. And also look at, you know, things that are uh, on the opposite side of their uh, beliefs and your own belief system, right? I know recently I picked up a book called uh, Chariots of the Gods, and mm -hmm. really it, it, it's a, a little bit different kind of book, right? It's not necessarily a book that talks about um, God in the way we may think in you know in in our religious books but it was really trying to say hey you know 
is there really a God? And if there is a God, maybe that God is somebody from, is a, is a being from another planet who came to this earth, right? And it really goes through all the examples of um, who God can be or could be and, and uh, different from how we think God is. That's where I think this could have some really interesting implications because if you begin asking people around you for their concept of God, what this quote is suggesting is that we find out not what their concept of God is as much as what their attitude towards life is. Because if they say, well, God is judgmental, he judges me, he doesn't believe in me, he you know, condemns me constantly, then we know what kind of their self-image is too, because maybe that's what they're feeding their subconscious mind, or at least has entered in their subconscious mind through repetition. So that's what I love about what you just said. Right. And, you know, in song, I know I've heard a lot of... Um, uh, Hindi songs about uh, you know pr- in in prayer because my mom all, you know when I was younger she'll play them and even now to this day she'll still play them when I go in the home and you have to really listen to those words and same thing as if you go to like I know I've been to a Christian churches as well where they'll do like these songs at the starting of the uh, worship or at the end of the worship and you know you have to really listen to what the message in, in the words is as well towards life right and a lot of times those the messages in those words are talking about uh, oneness and connection to that God and that spiritual being. Uh, that you you know you're believing in or or choosing to believe in at least yeah exactly another point that i wanted to talk about about even though i kind of just raised it was that if you believe god is judgmental then you will be harsh in judging yourself and others and if you believe god is graceful you will give yourself and others grace even when you and others make mistakes and to me like which one I would want personally is obvious. I would rather live in a world of grace than live in a world of judgment and condemnation where I'm sent to hell because I did one thing wrong the one time when I shouldn't have stolen, I stole. Whenever I shouldn't have lusted, I lusted. When I shouldn't have killed someone in my mind, I killed them. And not that that's happened, but... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I got 9-1 dialed. I used one more step towards me, I'm going to hit the other one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, I have, I have never done it, but you know what I mean, right? Like these are the, the 10 commandment commandments that I'm talking about. And, you know, for, for Christian thought anyway, the old, there's the old Testament and the new Testament and people like to sort of separate them and then later on connect the dots, which is really confusing. But, you know, they say basically old Testament is before Jesus. New Testament is after Jesus. After Jesus, there was more grace than before Jesus seems kind of crazy to me that God would be so schizophrenic, but you know, it's a, it's a way of thinking. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Uh, this conversation is <laughs> definitely going to start taking the path that, uh, I think, you that know, you both of us, you know, uh, we have, we have, um, a way of thinking for both of us, you know, and I know we both have been through uh, our own religious upbringing separately. And, you know, we've, uh, like you said, we, we've been able to free think our way through, uh, because our parents allowed us to, I think, you know, we True. weren't really, uh, super indoctrinated by their by their belief system right and you know um i think if it comes down to believing that um you know if you do one thing wrong god will condemn you for the rest of your life um i think that's such a 
a bad way of thinking and, and believing. Um, you know, that's why, you know, I, I do meditate, right? And and I, at the end of my meditation, I say a prayer because I believe in the end of that prayer and at the end of that meditation, I'm saying is, hey, look, I understand uh, what I've done wrong and I'm going to take the steps to better myself, right? I think, um, you know, un- unlike uh, the Catholic religion, I can't say Hail Marys and, and pay a bunch of money to the, to the church and uh, get my way out of there, right? But I know if I'm true to myself, and try to understand what I did wrong and better myself from that point, I can definitely have a better attitude towards my life uh, and, and find ways to then take that attitude and project it to other people. Right? I don't have to necessarily project my religious belief system to them, but I can project my attitude of, of grace and understanding back to them Right? because I don't think... Um, just following the Ten Commandments is meant for one person. I think if you do those Ten Commandments and apply them to other people, uh, that's where you know your faith and in, in, in the will grow in those words as well, right? And and not killing somebody. You know, I agree. Don't kill somebody, but um, having thoughts of it. I mean. I don't know how normal or unnormal that is. I mean, I think if every single person on this planet has had that thought, it must be a normal thought that people have. Right. Right. So if people think about stealing, there must be a reason people think about stealing, not just do the act, but there has to be a reason behind it. Something so deep that they feel, I know something you brought up, right? I know uh, in our last episode, uh, you were talking about people who um, don't feel they can do anything else. So they go out and prostitute themselves out, right? Yeah. Because they don't think there's any other thing they can no do. No other option. Right. So, but there are other options and sometimes yeah. it is talking to people and finding out what those options are, right? Couldn't agree more. And that's one of the reasons why I really love this statement, because it's saying more about the person than it is about God. Be, anybody who go, goes from stage, really, it's kind of the same thing when you think about it, What, at least based on what Joseph Murphy is saying. He's kind of framing it in a way that, that we can interpret, which is that when a pastor or a priest or a preacher goes to sta- stage and, and talks about their viewpoints on God, really, they're just expressing their attitude towards life. It's saying more about them than it's saying more about you, but you get to learn from their experience. Right. And, you know, if you got somebody standing up and you're listening to them preach to you about what the word of God means, you're really, like you said, you're just taking what their definition is and applying it to your life, right? So you're taking their definition and taking it into your conscious mind. You're programming your subconscious mind with their thinking and their belief system. But what you really need to do is sit down with that spiritual book that you believe in, I don't care what it is, and uh, read it yourself and determine what the word of God is and what it means to you, right? Because you can't have anybody tell you what the Word of God means. Uh, the Word of God was written for you to understand and apply it to based on where you are in life today and how to take yourself from where you are today to a place you want to be in the future, right? So I think when you start, it's not there's nothing wrong with talking to somebody and saying, hey, you know what, I really don't understand what this statement means. Can you help me understand it? But then don't just accept their definition, yeah. question it. And I think that's what we really want people to do. I think it's a complicated process because if you are at all lazy in your spirituality, then you will just take what's said from the stage or the pulpit and take it at face value, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that type of faith if it keeps your life simple, because what we're talking about is certainly a more complex and involved process of exploration, asking questions, going deeper, doing your reading, doing your research, thinking about or just validating facts 
whether or not it happened the way it's actually described. And then you begin to, I'm not going to say that you're going to unravel these, these principles or truths that you hold up as being part of your belief system. But what I am going to say is that I think you'll begin to discover that there's a few different perspectives on the same subject. Right. And, you know, and sometimes I wonder if the timeline that a lot of these books have been written in are the right timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we say, if we have the ability to say, you know, maybe, you know, Jesus wasn't around 2000 years ago, maybe he was, that time frame is a lot longer than the books that we're told mm-hmm. are, then it actually starts making more sense on having an older timeline, right? Because if, if we're to believe that the civilization is only 10,000 years old or whatever, well, then why are there artifacts from 30, 40, or 100,000 years ago being discovered, right? So that means there has to be something else that happened. There had to have been a different culture. And in culture, typically, when you have um, some sort of a culture, they usually have some sort of belief. It doesn't have to be a spiritual belief in God or whatnot, but even just looking up into the universe and believing that there's there's some other divine entity out there that you know that may have control or have guidance over them. Uh, sometimes that's enough, right? Especially if you're looking at you know thirty, forty, fifty thousand years ago. I can't assume that. Um, they believe in God the way that we believe in God today, right? And their attitude towards God was probably a lot different because uh, back then there was no technology for them to be um, inundated by so they can try to find some sort of enlightenment, right? And and if you take a look at what the um, episode we did on uh, enlight- finding enlightenment in a technology world, that may also be able to help as well. Yeah. What's your next point, Matt? My next point, wow. Um you know, I got a couple of them, but one of them was not just reading religious books to find God. I think, you know, if you read books, just any, uh, you know, self-development book, I think that can help you find the principles and develop the attitudes you're looking for. And the nice thing about those self-development books, most of the times they are written from the viewpoint of the principles that are taught in a lot of different religious books as well. So, you know, there's a way to gain an attitude without having to read religious books and then have those, uh, you know, God statements attached, especially if you don't necessarily want to read religious books because they can be boring. You know, they're long. There's a (laughs) lot of history in them. There's stuff that we don't understand. There's a lot of stuff that we can't explain Mm -hmm. you know i can't explain how you know um the red sea was parted i have no idea i can't explain it but nor do i need to really know necessarily right it certainly ties in with one of my points which is to say if you don't believe in god does any of this really even matter but then at that point i would say you are your own god so your concept towards yourself determines your attitudes towards life so joseph joseph murphy's statement still seems to hold true regardless of whether you replace that statement with god with yourself with whatever else that you can hold a strong belief in so based on what you just said the kanye west's statement of i am a god would be factual that's right right and for and he got a lot of grief from a lot of people saying something like hey i am a god so but he believes in himself he sees that he has the same qualities as a god would have right and if you can put yourself to the standard of what god's standard would be wouldn't that just mean you would increase your own standards and want to live a better life it could very well be And, and i think there's various scriptures that that say something to that effect, right? That we are created in the image of God. If that's true, then aren't we just little gods? 
I think it says we were created in 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 their image or his image. Right. It, um, it depends on like which that. Yeah. it depends on which book you're reading, of course. But right, and then that's where I think some of the I think that's right at the starting of the book uh, of the Bible too. So I think right from the get go, there's so many things that people start to question because then they say, well, who's who's they? You know, who's yeah. whose image is they? Right. And then that's why if you start looking at uh, alternative, uh, you know, new thought type of uh, programs, something like an ancient aliens type show or Eric Von Daniken's book, you know, Chariots of the Gods, it really starts giving you an idea of who they can be. It's very true. I mean, there's so many sources of, of information, but that's, it's pretty fascinating to think that either it, you know, our concept of God or concept of self, because we might equate God with self or self with God, that would determine our attitude towards life that we have. Right. What's your, what's your next point there, David? Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience from 2014 and sort of tied in with, with this quote as well. And part of what happened was some of the disillusionment that happened with network marketing, which we talked about in episode two, as I was beginning to, you know, leave or find myself, find myself no longer passionate about it, at least in the way that, that I used to be, you know, I didn't know this at the time, but I now recognize that my heart was broken you know, many events in life can, can break our hearts. And we often think it's just love or somebody we love or unrequited love is what causes broken hearts. But there, there are so many things, right? It could be some, a family member passing away or something like that. So as I was beginning to cope with that situation and separate the, the wheat from the chaff, which I guess that kind of came later, which was like, there's so many concepts that were taught. Like we weren't just given a few things to read here and there or to look at. No, we were like constantly bombarded in network marketing. It was books, it was CDs, it was major conferences, it was major weekly get togethers and board meetings, or just getting together for, you know, some food after the conference with your upline. It's like you were around them all the flipping time. (laughs) (laughs) And I can speak to that truth, right? I mean, I I will second that motion because, you know, Sundays was your phone team. And then Wednesdays, at least for our team, was the, the, the the main meeting every Wednesday. And five days or seven days a week, you're out there meeting people. And while you're meeting people, you're reading books at the coffee shop while you're waiting so you can project a good image of yourself. Or in your car, you know, you, you have your uh, university on wheels and you're listening to one CD. But again, who wants to listen to the same speaker over and over again? This is why we have different podcasts and different podcast listeners. And even we consume different uh, media that way too, right? So so you end up buying, you know, more CDs to consume and, and you listen to all these different speakers. And again, the message uh, that you're hearing is very um, unified as well, right? When it comes to the spirituality side of it, when it comes to the building the business side of it as well. So I'll definitely... Uh, back you up on that. Yeah, absolutely. So whether it was like depression, which it could very well have been, or just being in this state of, of brokenheartedness, which I later realized was really connected to, I really believe this business was going to work for me. I believe that what I told was what I true. So I, I accepted it. And that affected my concept of God, which determined my attitude towards life. Now I was, you know, having these conversations or heated arguments with God about, you know, what happened and what didn't happen more so. Why didn't things come together the way I thought they would? You know, why when I met this person that I thought was special, did I not end up marrying her? Why, when I found this amazing business, did I not end up building a huge business in, in that particular system? And absolutely, there are 
reasons why it didn't happen. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for what I learned regardless. And we, we shared about that quite a bit in the network marketing episode already, but I could, I can definitely see how looking back because of how much pain I was in, because we can't always think straight when we're in that much pain, how it was beginning to affect my attitude towards life. Right. And, you know, just to kind of uh, kind of give the other side of the story too here, isn't that what we typically do though, is once we experience some sort of failure in life, we blame God. Yes, and we say, hey, exactly. it's your fault. You know, and, you know, not, and I know you and I hope you know that I don't mean any harm by this, but there has to come a time that we have to take our own ownership and say, well, you know, I failed. God didn't fail. God just presented you the opportunity through somebody else and through that other person, um, you know, that's, I think that's what God's job is sometimes. It's not to necessarily present himself or herself as a, as a, here, this is what it is. Here's the book. This is what you need to do. It's for you to find the right people that are put in your path and then follow that path. But it's also for us to recognize when that path, although is good and, and filled with good, good attention is how, and how and when to walk away from it. Right. And I think both of us figured out that exact same thing is that although the path was great, uh, when we delved deeper into the network marketing, we found that, you know, right on the CDs themselves, they say uh, at the end of the CD and the disclaimer <laughs> that only two, one to 2% of the people would ever even less than that. And I'm just being nice that actually succeed in this business. So uh, when you start looking at that and saying, well, you know, if if you were told that earlier that, Hey, these are the stats, you know, but when you, when you believe somebody that, you know, you trust them right off the bat, right? You have the faith, just the godlike faith that we're told to have when we meet people, because that's the, you know, that's kind of what it takes to succeed. Right. And I was beginning to sense things and maybe you did too, Mav, while you were in the business, but I just, there was little things like I had little, saw little indicators that, okay, I'm not here to build this business, but I'm here to learn. But you know, there's still a part of you that goes, oh, I'm going to succeed in this. Somehow I'm going to make this work. But you know, you have those little impressions or thoughts or, or, you know, little whispers of God along the way that make you think that, that make you have those realizations where you're like, Oh yeah, no, I'm not in this forever. I'm, I'm in this temporarily. But when, when it comes to an end, it doesn't really help the pain necessarily, especially if you're in it for three, four years. Right. And you, you know, you feel like you've spent three, four, five years and you've wasted your time. Right. And you yeah, say, exactly. and, and I don't, you know, and you can definitely blame God and say, you know, why didn't you uh, show me the light earlier, right? Why didn't you show me that I could have left earlier? Why, why did I have to spend, you know, all the money here and be associated with people that mm. don't necessarily understand who I am or understand my vision, my dreams, and my goals, and aren't really maybe helping me uh, achieve the goals that I want to achieve, not just in my business life but also my personal life, right? So I know when I joined that system, it was a little bit different reasoning, different uh, way that I joined it, different team that I joined. Yeah. Um, Again, uh, all these things that I experienced, again, very similar to you, what you were experiencing. And I know when I would hear about uh, stuff on those CDs, they really were coming from a very Christian, uh, non-denominational Christian background. I'm not quite sure. sure what that means, but it was still a very Christian teaching, right? So they would still talk about Jesus and, and, and whatnot. But that's probably one of the reasons when I started looking for ways to learn more about religion and culture, I went to, uh, you know, a quote-unquote Canadian or American churches because they taught in English. And I said, hey, this is the best way for me to learn. I'll learn in English, 
And I was able to do so. And I was able to then apply that information and, and understand that information. It was easy for me to take away certain names uh, that were being said from stage, right? right? You know, uh, Joseph or Jesus or uh, Mary and whoever, right? I can take those names away and I can put any other name I wanted to in my mind. And instead of Jesus, I could say, you know, God. And some people say, well, Jesus is God and he's the son of God. I said, okay, fine, no problem. But it's very hard for people to understand how could he be the son of God, uh, you know, if he took form on... On this planet, right? So I think we see God as something that's unattainable. It's a level that we cannot attain. So it's very hard for us to believe that God would come down to our level when God's supposedly supposed to be better than us. And I'll put that in quote and quote again. Um, but um, I think when you start understanding that God wants the best for you and you know through experience you'll learn and I think maybe God is experienced. Maybe that's all it is, right? So yeah, and to your point about <laughs> sorry, no worries. To your to your point about <laughs> network marketing and and statements about uh, being you know like Christianity and network marketing, the connection between them. That's where you would start to hear things like you are meant to be in this business, right? Right. So so you know you, I think yeah you just become convinced again through repetition over time. You begin to believe the things that that are that are said. Right. And that's how they program your subconscious mind, right? By saying the same things over and over again. So your conscious mind starts repeating it to your subconscious mind, and then it starts believing everything you're saying, right? So I know one of the things that we would go to, like you mentioned, was you'd have your, your major functions, and then Friday and Saturday was your major function days, and then the Sundays, they would do like a, a church service, right? Yes. And then we would have, uh, you know, m- millionaires and, and really uh, people who are very influential in, in the network marketing business that we were in come to the, you know, doing these sermons and saying, you know, I feel the power in the room and there's somebody who wants to be changed and come to the front and, and be kind of baptized. And it's like, what, what is going on here? Why yeah. am I at a business meeting, but now I'm being talked about being <laughs> baptized? So a very interesting way to include religion or grow a religion uh, fan base and a business fan base at the same time. And I think, you know, this is where I used to say cognitive dissonance is what I experienced in, in kind of summer 2014. But I think there couldn't be really a truer description of exactly what happened it's like two conflicting beliefs that are nevertheless true but the mind can't accept two beliefs simultaneously that are conflicting so that's kind of part of the stress that i mean that causes a certain kind of stress in your mind and in your body right that's the kind of stress that i was beginning to experience as i was trying to think consider or think about or from the perspective of what this network marketing company was saying exactly what you said Mav not just the business side but also the spiritual side that they would have on Sundays versus what I what I felt was true personally and what I've been brought up with and what I what I what I grew but I mean I grew through all that and I think it's exactly what you said it's this is like a vital learning experience that I needed to have that God created for me maybe even is one way to it's like I think that's a more empowering way of of looking at it despite it being four or five years of of my life i took some valuable things through that and now i'm able to share those things with others and add value to them right and we've used this example before too right i mean uh people have gone through horrific things that have happened to them in their lives and some people like oprah as well have gone through so much abuse but that abuse that she went through she learned from it and look at the life that she lives today right she didn't she used that to empower herself and then empower millions and millions of people all over the world to say, hey, you know what? I've gone through something just like you and you can also find success and and a better life through all those things as well, right? So I think I, I agree with you, right? You know, 
the lessons that uh, we both learned through network marketing are lessons that we uh, have applied and we've grown past that. And, you know, this wouldn't have happened if we hadn't gone through that, I believe, right? We wouldn't have had this podcast. We wouldn't have probably met. There wouldn't have been reasons for us to connect on a a different type of level, right? Because one of the things I do believe that helped us connect was uh, the idea of network marketing because that gave us something to talk about and find out each other's experience, at least at the beginning, yeah, that's 100% true. And that's awesome. You had another point there, Matt? Uh, I do. But uh, so one of the things I wrote down too was, you know, um, in the attitude uh, of life is also the fear of failure, right? I think we've kind of covered a little bit of that. But uh, you also believe that um, if you believe that you will fail, um, your attitude towards God will also be determining how you think about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think negatively, I think you've already said that, if you think negatively about yourself, you'll also then believe that God is negative. Then you'll think the things that are happening to you are always negative and, and why is it always me? And it's a bummer that bad things always happen to me, right? Um, it's like the statement goes, if there was no such, if I, if there was a, if I didn't have any luck I'd, uh, or something like that, uh, if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. That's what it is, mm. right? And a lot of people live by that statement, but instead of saying, you know what, there's no such thing as bad luck. There are just circumstances and opportunities to learn from those circumstances, right? It really comes down to changing the way you think about um, the fear of failure. What is your thoughts? Well, I think we could even substitute some of the words from the statement I said earlier. So like if you believe God is there to offer failure, you will be harsh in judging yourself and others. But if you believe as God is there to provide you with learning experiences, you will give yourself and others grace and when others make mistakes. Right. And I think that's where... Um you know, something we haven't really talked a lot about is where Buddhism, Buddhism comes in, into play as well, right? Um, because in, the nice thing about Buddhism, there is no God. You are the one who's going to connect to the universe by understanding the universe around you, right? That's a whole concept, in my opinion, of how Buddhism is, right? It's not about connecting to the, the words of a God or, or, not, or somebody, right? Even Buddha said, I am not a God. He was born a human, right? Now, there are some mm-hmm. people that say, well, he was born a God and he came, kind of the same story of Jesus, and he came and taught people and then he passed away and whatnot right. but you know if you really look at the true story of how he he was born and how he changed and how he became the buddha you'll see that he was just a human right and uh, you know yes he was born into uh, a life that many people weren't right he was the son of a king a great king and but he saw that there was suffering all around the world and he wasn't experiencing that same type of suffering and really delved inside himself and said well i want to understand more about the world right that was outside right he saw people who had passed away and he saw saw uh, animals that were being attacked by other animals and he hadn't seen this behind the walls of the kingdom that he was living in until he got outside of his comfort zone and started really exploring like and that's kind of what we're saying too right if you're if you're going to be reading some sort of doctrine go out and explore the words and find out exactly you know uh, when that story took place how did that story really take place you know uh, we can't go back in time but there's going to be many many books written on you know the Noah's Ark for example there's tons of stories written on that and, and movies that have been made and you can watch those movies and you can really find out what the mainstream is saying and then you can explore what the non-so mainstream is saying as well and really find ways to connect those and and there are artifacts that people say that have been found so maybe explore those artifacts as well 
you know, it's really interesting because like Buddhism might have a different thought process about death than Christianity does in the sense that, you know, you, you die and you're reincarnated and so forth. But I think it was actually Joseph Murphy, I could be wrong on this, that talked about the fact that at one point there was something called, quote unquote, Christian reincarnation, which kind of leads us to believe that there's, you know, and everything else, really, all the other teachings of, of Buddhism, there's so many parallels between that and other religions, other philosophies, other ways of thinking, whether it's law of attraction, whether it's Kabbalism, whether it's Hinduism, pretty much any religion you can name, you can always find some commonalities and some parallels between all of them. So again, still comes back to your concepts of God. Right, exactly. And I think in Buddhism, they said that you, you would continue to come back until you find nirvana, right? Till you yeah. have that perfect life that you live of understanding now. Does that mean, you know, I think that's the same idea as the Ten Commandments, right? Doing good well onto others and doing good onto others. Absolutely. And you can even think of it as if you, you know, for example, like you said, if you lust in your mind, maybe, or you kill in your mind, maybe it's not the best thought. The nice thing with Buddhism is, at least, you can work through that thought process why you had that thought and then fix that problem that you know and i put quote unquote problem and thought uh in the way you think and you can then go ahead and work through that problem with yourself and then you know find that nirvana still right and you may have to come back sure and that's what reincarnation is about that's what good and bad karma is about but eventually one day in this lifetime you will be able to you know proceed into a next or a different type of um a life right and i don't know what that is of course because we're both here <laughs> yeah not long ago i had a conversation with my friend about god and this very thing and this this concept about god and i think we're both sort of in agreement over over this statement and one of the things she said was like, I don't think God is so narrow-minded that if we follow this path exactly as it's written in, in scriptures, and it also depends on what scriptures you follow in the first place, that, you know, you will only be saved, quote-unquote, or enlightened, or achieve nirvana, or whatever it is that you're after by following this little little path or you know this really weird and there's no way to interpret properly path when it really comes down to because we uh, we don't know how to practically live everything that's taught in the bible let alone any other scripture it, it seems it seems near impossible to try to figure it all out and it's so you know how, what you said earlier about examining your spirituality learning what it actually means asking others for input but not just taking it at face value i mean all of that really kind of funnels into how do you follow this? You can't. I don't think God is that narrow-minded. Well, exactly. And, and you got to keep in mind, a lot of these books that uh, a lot of people read from were written, you know, 5,000, 2,000, even five, 600 years ago, right? So, I mean, times have definitely changed in, in that time frame. The, the reference points that and the examples that they oh, were giving yeah. have definitely changed. I mean, the principles have definitely stayed the principles. I don't uh, doubt that. You know, we shouldn't be killing people for absolutely no reason. We shouldn't be stealing from our neighbors just to have something for ourselves. You know, you shouldn't lust and uh, over other people people if you know if if that how that's how it's supposed to be but i think the idea of that is saying is not that you shouldn't lust i think it's if you're married and you have children and you you know if you've decided to uh settle down with one person then at that point in time 
you know, move past that. I think when you're, you name one 18 year old that doesn't lust over every person that they see, yeah, you know, exactly. it's very tough. You know, and that's what I was saying earlier. It's kind of inbred into your DNA as well, right? Where it kind of goes back to that caveman theory too, right? You know, uh, when we were living, again, cavemen, in my opinion, would probably not have this type of religion talk that we were having right now, right? They may have had a different type of religion talk. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any other thoughts on this? Uh, you know, I just got one last point, and you know, it. I think it, to kind of really tie all this in together, I think this point really works together. I think a lot of us are, are brought up in in gr- good homes. I'd like to say that you know, it doesn't matter if your home is a, a single parent home or a broken home, or you know, maybe you've had things happen. But I think a lot of times we're taught uh, the word of God, right? And we're brought up as best as we can in a godly home. Uh, you know, in a godly home, I mean, really is good morals home. Is that what? what I'm trying to say. So I think, you know, in order to have a good attitude is to have good morals and apply those good morals. So that's my kind of my point there. Yeah, no, that's really great. I think you're right. You know, your your parents do the best they can with what they've got. And I don't just mean like, as in you, you know, the people, your, your parents didn't just do the best they could with you, but I mean, the, the best that they could with what they believed, what, what they understood about parenting, what they understood about life, what they understood about spirituality and philosophy. And, you know, it's perfectly okay for you to explore what all that means to you now. And I think many people don't. Many people just stay the course, do not question, don't venture outside it because they're scared of going to hell. <laughs> let's just let's just say it like it is. They, they fear dying, going to hell, meaning nothing, and, and their lives not, not equating to anything. So they stay in what they, what they think is true and right. But I think anybody that does some deeper exploration will will soon begin to realize it's not so black and white as maybe we think it is. I wish it was. It would make life a lot easier if it was just black and white, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if, if life was so simple, uh, I think we'd all be able to master it. Uh, I think the idea is not that it was a, a preconceived idea, um, but if you can, you know, get in tune to yourself and get in touch with yourself, I think you'll have a, a much better chance of having a successful life, whatever a successful life means to you. Right. You know, if you're going to be looking at outside, uh, you know, um, things like the news and uh, even social media, right? And if you're looking at all those things, and we've talked about these things in previous episodes, so definitely uh, look for those episodes and, and you'll be able to see how all these external factors can take you away from your thought process, right? I know if we start looking at, for example, the Egyptian culture, you know, and the Mayan culture, right? The two completely separate cultures from, you know, thousands of years ago, but they were able to connect to um, an understanding that we still can't, un- you know, figure out, right? We can't figure out how they knew the star positions and and whatnot so you know the reason one of the reasons was because they weren't you know engulfed in just listening to media all the time and looking at the news and watching the news and mm-hmm. believing everything and then watching you know all these tv programs you know they had an opportunity to, to they didn't have a tv so they could easily turn it off because they didn't have it and really just sit outside and listen to the words that the wise people in their in their tribes were talking about and the the words that were being taught and and the lessons that were being experienced by all these people right and, and they were able to then connect all the you know the different 
math they were so smart at math and science and and everything and you know one of it is definitely you know there's different theories of how they became so smart in this and one of them is that you know the gods from another planet has ta- had taught them this the other part is that they actually had the ability to connect to it because they were able to actually explore it and think about it and and sit down and, and you know write on a piece of paper I'll put that, you know I'll say that in quotes as well but they were able to write these things down and and really talk to people and find ways to say you know I noticed this star was here yesterday but now it's about 10 feet over you know from the exact same spot I'm in and then 10 days later that star has disappeared and it's come back again you know maybe two years later so they can start figuring out cycles and and all these things because they were aware of their surroundings Mm, fascinating well we definitely look forward to what the statement means to you your concept of God determines your attitude towards life we want to hear what that statement means specifically to you and your current situations. You can leave a comment on YouTube, on our website. You can also just click the little button in the bottom right-hand corner of our website, which is the Messenger app, and then leave a comment through there. And we'd love to connect with you via Messenger as well. We made that available just for fun to see see how it would go. But, you know, we know that so many people are using Messenger and messaging apps these days, so why not? Absolutely, right? It's uh, just another way for our listener to connect with us, right? And we want to be able to uh, provide as many opportunities for, for the listener to connect and, and uh, leave us some positive uh, messages and some feedback because we want to know that, you know, what your thoughts are because it's not necessarily what our thoughts on the, you know, on uh, Joseph Murphy's book is. It's also if you've yeah. read, read any of his material and have been able to apply any of his material, we want to know how that's worked out for you as well. Yeah, and just look for any questions or send over any questions that you have as well so that we can you know answer them in a future podcast episodes and to the best of our ability anyway i'm sure if it's personal we can answer it pretty well absolutely (laughs) Uh, you can also check out our our free course 10 simple ways to unleash your personal power or unlock your personal power it's one or the other (laughs) (laughs) unleash your personal power okay unleash your personal power if you just click on any blog post on the website and by that i mean any podcast episode on the website if you scroll towards the bottom just before the comments you'll see that there's a little banner that you can click and that's where you can get your free audio course so we'd encourage you to check out that as well anything else you know what no i think we've uh, really done a good job on putting this show uh, show together uh, i think we've provided some great information on attitude and how god can determine your attitude and also how your attitude can be determined without god as well i think we've mm-hmm. hopefully given uh, both sides of the story for the listener here and and uh, being able to provide that i know for myself i'll definitely go uh, read a little bit about joseph murphy and maybe read a book that he's written and and kind of find out why he is probably you know if the father of uh of the new age thinking is wayne dyer then why he's his father instead so yeah i'm excited to find that out why joseph murphy is the thought or one of the fathers of the new thought movement as opposed to the new age movement yes right right. so i mean i think he the new thought and new age is very similar i think it's just a slightly different word but the concepts seem very similar to me Mm. Uh, again i may be wrong and, and someone who knows a little bit more please absolutely definitely leave us a comment correct me and, and maybe tell me where that is uh you know maybe where some of those changes are absolutely we look forward to it so find us online at usingyourpower.com we are using your power thanks for listening have a great day mm-hmm.